The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and today. The year is 1987, episode 4, October. For the last few years, I've said my mind to him, you know, just whenever I felt something like, you know, playing like Broad Street, I thought was a big mistake. Not to make the film, because I quite enjoyed it myself, but the idea of trying to write and do everything yourself, that's the mistake. What is this thing in life that persuades me to spend time away from you? If you can answer this, you can have the moon. He said that he wanted to tackle some of the other old songs, including possibly some of John Lennon's songs, like uh, Beautiful Boy and Imagine. Does that surprise you that he would do that? Paul? Yeah. Maybe because he ran out of good ones of his own. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we've got that on record. (laughs) (laughs) Distractions Like butterflies Are buzzing round my head When I'm alone I think of you and the life we'd lead if we could only be free from these distractions. The postman's at the door while the telephone rings on the kitchen wall. And we're not at home And and they'll disappear I want to be with you Tell me what I can do Nothing is too small Away from all this jazz We could do anything at all Like butterflies are buzzing round my head When I'm alone, I think of you And the life we'd lead if we could only be free From these distractions
I'll find a peaceful place Far away from the noise of a busy day Where we can spend our nights Counting shooting stars And if you trust in me You'll be able to see there's another way Why is there always someone with something else to say? Like butterflies are buzzing round my head When I'm alone, I think of you And the life we lead if we could only be free From these distractions Like butterflies keep buzzing round my head When I'm alone, I think of you And the things we do If we could only be rid of these distractions 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 I think Paul mentioned it himself You know, you can't live up to the Beatles The Beatles were such a big phenomenon On September 21st, EMI released yet another Beatles album on compact disc. The album, Magical Mystery Tour, is issued worldwide. It reached number 52 in the UK album charts. is a cooler, but this is a classic cooler. New Sun Country Classic Wine Cooler. This tastes dry and delicious. This is dry, not delicious. This one's crystal clear. This one is not. This contains premium wine and real fruit juice. This does not. Unless you put this cooler into this cooler. Ta-ta. I was supposed to bring the cooler. You were gonna bring the chips. On September 25th, Ringo and Barbara leave London's Heathrow Airport in route to Atlanta, Georgia for the opening of Alan Lubin's London Brasserie Restaurant. The Brasserie is located in Peachtree Center in downtown Atlanta. Although not a direct partner, Ringo is one of the restaurant's promoters. The next day, on September 26th, Ringo Starr and Bill Wyman are interviewed on Atlanta's morning oldies radio station, 94QFM, before heading off to the opening. Invaders of the British Invasion Days, Unit 4 Plus 2. Lim Lubin was one of the guys in that band. He's also one of the owners of uh, the London Brasser, which is the reason we're here doing the British Invasion weekend. Bill Wyman has just joined us. Uh, um, Ringo is... Where is Ringo now? Just finishing his breakfast, I believe. 
There was you in, Bill, sneaking uh -oh. up here early. Uh-oh. <laughs> Just trying to get in the act before I could have me breakfast, eh? I'm glad I dealt with a Liverpool sound before you arrived. Oh, yes, you should have heard what he said. Bring Good morning, uh, Bob, Frank, whatever your name is. Bob. <laughs> the opening hosted hundreds of celebrities, including Isaac Hayes, the Jacksons, Bill Wyman, and, of course, Ringo. Stars joined the growing list of celebrities getting into the restaurant business. Stars connected with a London grill that opened here in Atlanta over the weekend. Luann Sanders reports the opening brought out the kind of crowd that star-owned restaurants seem to attract. As the grand opening festivities began, a large crowd gathered to watch the celebrities arrive. By the time Ringo and his wife, Barbara Bach, arrived, it was a mob scene. But the limos and the stars kept coming. Atlanta hasn't seen this much glitz and glamour since the 1939 world premiere of Gone with the Wind, but the British invasion is here. The brasserie is officially open, thanks to some 2,000 invited guests, and Ringo and friends are having fun. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. It seems to be the fashion now that people open restaurants and they like some affiliate with children's people. I think people like to see faces. You know, you go into a restaurant and people like to look around and, oh, there's one of them, or there's that, or there's him, you know. You know, there's Lauren McCall, whoever. British restaurant mogul Alan Lubin, who is behind the $2 million London Brasserie, says Star's name is as good as cash. This restaurant has, has the reputation of being Ringo Star's restaurant. It's not, it's not actually true, but, um, you know, none of us are. It doesn't do us any harm either. Well, we both like to cook. Lubin says it doesn't matter that Star will rarely be seen here. He's betting that Ringo's signature on the menu will be enough. We're having a British Invasion weekend at 94Q to celebrate the opening of Bill and Ringo at the London Brasserie, which is the reason we're here doing the British Invasion weekend. Fall of 1964. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. Fall of 64 Beatles and Matchbox. Ringo on hey, the Hey, let's let do it. Let us 94Q. I said, I'm sitting here watching Matchbox holding my clothes. I said, I'm sitting here wondering Matchbox holding my clothes. I ain't got no matches, but I sure got a long way to go. I'm an old poor boy and I'm a long way from home. I got news for you, baby. Leave you here in misery. All right.
The following day, Ringo and Barb leave Atlanta and fly to Los Angeles, California to work with A&M Records founder and musician Herb Albert. They record the track When You Wish Upon a Star for inclusion on Albert's Disney project titled Stay Awake. When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Anything your heart desires will come to you If your heart is in your dream No request is too extreme When you wish upon a star As dreamers do Fate is kind
In late September, early October, the music business is buzzing about the much-anticipated release of a new George Harrison album. This will be George's first record since the release of the album Gone Troppo nearly five years earlier. On October 5th in America, at the offices of Warner Brothers Records in Burbank, California, Harrison does a promotional interview for his new album titled Cloud Nine. Let's face it, George, everybody is still fascinated by the Beatles. Yeah, let's hope they buy my new album. Well, <laughs> you are one of the four. I know, but they're into, you know, a lot of people that just get stuck on something that's a craze, and then they don't see that, you know, it takes all these other bits that make that, you know. I think a lot of people would, you know, you, if you put out a record and call it the Beatles, you'd have all these people that rush out and buy it, regardless of if it was a load of rubbish, you know, because, you know, of the name. It's like, you know, Michael Jackson. They say, oh, let's go and get it because it's him, because it's them. Without, uh, you know, you, I mean, the Beatles did some good things, but they also did some rubbish too. <laughs> I don't know if I'd agree with you. Oh, but... yeah, my new album's much better than anything the Beatles ever did. <laughs> I your copy now? On October 12th in the UK, Dark Horse Records released the single I Got My Mind Set On You by George Harrison. Now, I Got My Mind Set On You is the first single. Did you, were you involved in that process? Did you choose it? No. I, I like it, and my boy liked that as the, you know, he thought that was a good one. But it's very funny because it's the only one on the album that I didn't write, or that, I, that Jeff Lynn and I didn't write. Who wrote it? Ah, it was an old song from about 1959. I think the writer's name is Rudy Clark. I don't know who he is, but it was an excellent song. But the old version that I heard of it was, you know, it's a bit antique and it doesn't really sound like my version of it. It was based really upon the drummer, Jim Keltner. He got this drum pattern going that was just so rocking. It just reminded me again of that song, so we thought, well, let's do it. Thank you. 
single shot straight to number one in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and Cashbox Singles Charts. It reached number two in the U.K. Singles Chart. It's been such a long time since I had a record out that, um, you know, a lot of things have happened in the music business now. Records do tend to sell more these days if you have a big hit than they used to. So in a way, it's like it's good. It's um, making up for all the ones I didn't sell. But I'm very happy about it. And... Uh, but at the same time, I did feel, you know, with Jeff Lynne's involvement with it, that we were going to make a good record, and I felt it was good. At the same time, you never know whether the public are actually going to like it. So I'm very happy and pleased. Hello, everybody. WEA. Here I am again. <laughs> it's George Harrison, right? Remember me. Anyway, I've got a new album on WEA. And all you guys out there, the greatest recording organization in the world with all your big buttons, right? I want you to get your big buttons on this. And the first single of my album is called Got My Mind Set On You. And uh, I hope you like it. You better had. And just get out there and sell lots of them, all right? Have a good party. Ruttles. It's like the Ruttles. <laughs> <laughs> the B-side titled 
Lay His Head, was a track recorded in April of 1980 during the sessions for the album Somewhere in England. George carried out further work on this track in August of 1987.
With the album's release date still several weeks away, a video for the single is premiered on MTV Worldwide. George Harrison. Warners chose the single and then said, now can you do a video? So we only, we got a video together in 48 hours. So it's, um, I've yet to see it because the, the guy was working on it when I had to leave England. So I won't see it, you know, at this point of this interview, I haven't seen it. So I can't really comment. I'm very nervous about being on a video and somebody making me look like I'm trying to be a teeny bopper because I'm not, as you may have noticed. <laughs> but at the same time, it was fun to do it. And maybe as the album progresses, we may do some more videos. I'll have a better chance to get more involved with them than I did with this one. But, you know, I'm going to be on there with, uh, you know, doing a bit. But I'm not mad keen to, uh, you know, when I watch MTV and I see all these Spinal Tap groups on there, it doesn't make me um, look forward to being on it. You know, I see the necessity, but you just have to make, um, you know, just sense of humor with it. Listen, that piece especially for MTV. I think he needs to change tape. On October 15th, this is BBC Television. A rare, powerful hurricane bears down on the UK and France, ultimately killing 22 people in its wake. Good evening. Southern Britain is clearing up after the worst night of storm since records began almost 300 years ago. Thirteen people died in the gales, which took weathermen by surprise and wrecked hundreds of homes. Most of those killed were hit by trees and buildings blown down in the early hours of the morning. The hurricane-force winds which lashed the capital in the early hours of the morning were the worst ever recorded, up to 107 miles an hour. In London, the wind reached 94 miles an hour, with gusts of up to 110 miles an hour in the Channel Islands. The south coast was worst affected. In Kent, five people died, two of them seamen in Dover Harbour. Two firemen died at High Cliff in Dorset, crushed beneath a falling tree after answering an emergency call. And at Hastings in Sussex, a man was killed by a beach hut being blown along the seafront. The storms wreaked havoc across the country. The emergency services said they had little or no warning. Many roads and rail lines were blocked by fallen trees. Tonight, about a million people are still without electricity. The storm is now approaching the Arctic Circle, but it's left behind a trail of destruction. The day after the hurricane, October 16th, the MPL film crews are found on top a cliff on the perilous Valley of the Rocks, near Plymouth in Devon, to film McCartney and the band's promotional video for the song, Once Upon a Long Ago. Paul McCartney. We were in Devon and we were hoping for a bit of good weather, you know, like filming. You, you've got to have some good weather. And I was stuck on the top of that rock, you know, and it just had this hurricane. Dead dodgy. <laughs> Yeah, but you see, that's your, possibly your pig-headedness, isn't it? I mean, you've got... Thanks a lot, Well, no, well, come on. You could have postponed it. You could have postponed it by a day. Now, come on. Well, you couldn't. No, you've got your film crew there, and they've all come down to Devon for two days, you know, and you, just everyone's booked. Like Nigel Kennedy, who's in On yes. Fiddle, 
He, he couldn't have done any other two days, so you had to risk life and then. Well, you see, it's, it's showbiz day. Paul had briefly toyed with the idea of shooting the clip in Iceland. My next guest, Mr. George Harrison. Is George in here? Over in London on October 17th at the Wembley Arena, George Harrison joins Bob Dylan on stage along with Tom Petty and Roger McGuinn at Dylan's Temples in Flames tour. Some people don't like him, but I think he's brilliant. Yeah. 
sang really good last night, actually. Yeah. On October 19th, EMI releases worldwide the last two Beatles albums on CD, Abbey Road and Let It Be. Abbey Road reaches number 30, while Let It Be reaches number 50 in the UK album charts. Thanks, Mo. I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves, and I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> this is NBC. On October 20th, a pre-recorded interview at Friar Park is transmitted on NBC TV's Today Show in America. Join us for News 4 New York tonight at 6... Rock music times may change very quickly, but the good ones just seem to find a way of sticking around. Today, music correspondent Rona Elliott is joining us this morning to begin a two-part conversation with one of the best. He is George Harrison. Thanks, Maria. George Harrison's last solo album, Gone Troppo, didn't fare too well, but his new Warner Brothers album, Cloud Nine, and its first single, Got My Mind Set on You, will quickly remind fans of the talent Harrison demonstrated in the past. This record is real rock and roll with some nostalgia thrown in, but the best part for me is that Harrison is back where he belongs, making music. I think uh, after having a rest from the music business, you know, it felt like um, I felt in the mood, but also I'd thought for a few years that um, I was getting bogged down, you know, producing myself, trying to write, produce, and you know, so I thought if I was to do an album, I'm going to have a producer, so I had to think about who could produce me. And then I, I thought of Jeff Lynne, who's this... ELO, remember? He used to be the Electric Light Orchestra. So we met and got on good. And after about a year and a half, I said, well, I'm going to do an album now, you know. Do you want to help me? And sort of got him involved. How do you feel about uh, putting a new entry out into the marketplace at this point? Putting it out into the marketplace is always strange for me because um, I've never really been that competitive, you know? I mean, you won't find me on your 16-minute videos dancing about shaking my fist. <laughs> uh, you know, I just can't do that kind of thing. But How do you feel about being an aging baby boomer rock star? I don't know. I just, um, I think being over 40 makes me realize that people who are like 60 or 70 or 80, they probably still think they're teenagers too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a part of me that's, just the same, really, as it ever was, but the body just starts falling apart. <laughs> so this great new skin cream, you know, that does the DNA and rebuilds your face. So we advertise on TV. So I'll get some of that for Elton and Eric and Ringo. Over in London on October 21st, Linda McCartney begins a recording session with producer, engineer, and musician Ian Maidman, whose credits date back to the 1970s 
and has worked with T-Rex, Boy George, Paul Brady, and others. Endless days and lonely nights, I cry out, baby, when will you come back to me? The tracks were recorded at Ian Maidman's Positive Earth Studio in London. The first song recorded, Endless Days, was a simple ballad that, according to Paul, Linda played often at home. Her gentle voice really captures a special kind of innocence. The other track was an old 50s doo-wop tune. She loved doo-wop. She used to tell me stories. See, coming from Britain, um, when you talk about the 50s, I'm really, I'm in short pants. I'm just sort of getting out of school. And school was, she always used to say, my school was like Dickensian. It was. There was like long winter days with wind lashing, you know, and doomy old school in Liverpool. And you always had lash marks off your trousers on your legs and it was like she said god that's Dickensian you talk to her about the same period in her life and it's happy days there's like guys picking you up in the t-bird hey lender and it's like what was his name she said peter page and it's like a fantasy so i used to love to i just say tell me tell me about this period you know there was a show called the alan freed rock and roll show or moon doggy show and it really saved my life. He played rhythm and blues that was incredible. The moon glows, the dells, all the great 
really great singing groups and guitar players and he, it was from 7 to 10 at night and I tell my parents I'm going up to do my homework now I turn my radio really low and I'd sit in my bed and I'd open a book and I would just listen to that show and he, he never played a bad record The musicians at these sessions are Mick Bolton on piano and keyboards, Ian Maidman on bass, drums, and guitar, and Steve Fletcher on backing vocals.
Later in the evening in London, George and Ringo visit Paul at his Cavendish Avenue home in St. John's Wood. It's written that the three had a relaxing dinner and discussed Yoko's plans on a Lennon theatrical release, as well as discussing the Beatles' future film plans with the Long and Winding Road documentary. Funny you should mention that, but um, the Long and Winding Road has been one of the things that we talked about lately. It's been around for years, let's face it. I mean, this road is so long and so winding, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. We were just talking recently about a, a project we want to do, because we're... we're you know, because of business, it's not like it was in the old days in the group. Sometimes you get into hassles, you know. Yeah. And so after the end of Apple, we had plenty of business hassles, and we used to argue a lot. So it's not like that anymore. That's good. So now what we're thinking of doing is um, trying to make this film called The Long and Winding Road, which is like the Beatles story, you know. Oh. Um, all the footage, and we would talk about it, and we would explain what was going on there and all of this. You know, like The Last Waltz? Yes. Where the band talked uh -huh. about their early days and stuff. Maybe we could make a similar kind of thing uh -huh. with us, only with more... Um, we, we, all of us, we have things like, for instance, we have home movies mm. that no one's ever seen, you know, which is early Beatle footage. It's a yes. film of uh, out at John's house, you know, and him wandering around, and you've only ever... But, I mean, it was like... Uh, you know, you, when you're making a photo session and someone pulls out a camera and just takes a little bit for their own fun. We've got a lot of material like that, you know, um, and some of it's great. And maybe put some new footage in to show what's happening now, some of the best of our new footage, and make it a, like a complete Beatles thing, but maybe a movie, maybe even some new music. That's the idea, you know, that we're talking about. I can't promise that it's going to work, you know. Mm. I mean, I, we haven't tried to do it. If we, if we try and it, it's a bad song, mm. then it won't be released. Maybe I could write something with George. So th we're talking about doing that at the moment. When to be released next year? Oh, don't ask me. We haven't even started it yet. Uh. I mean, it could take forever. But, <laughs> but the <laughs> fact that we're talking about starting it is yes. something, you know. Eventually, it, it should come out. It... We just, we'd have to, um, it'd be a long job, you know. I think first you're actually going to see Yoko's version of The Long Winding Road, but uh, having said that, we are cooperating with each other because John is also part of our movie, just as the Beatles are part of John's life, and so you're actually going to get two films eventually, and one of them will be much sooner than the other. And uh, there may be some same footage in them, but if we're clever, we may be able to trick you into thinking different things happened. In America, on October 22nd, Rolling Stone magazine features George Harrison on its cover with an accompanying article titled The Return of George Harrison. It is good to be back, but I was always there anyway, even when you never noticed. On November 2nd, simultaneously in the UK and America, EMI Parlophone released the album All the Best by Paul McCartney. Hey, 
little bit about the new LP? Well, the best? Yes, well, it's, uh, it's my work after the Beatles, mm -hmm. and it's uh, the best tracks, mm. about 20 of them.
All the Best was a double album and a commercial success in the UK. With a new album, yeah. Um, the all the best song selection. Did you select the songs by yourself? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, we had a larger selection at yeah. first, and we mainly just went on which were the songs that had been the most successful yeah. for the people.
had to bring it down to fewer than we had. We, it was a bigger list originally. Um, so one or two got left off. Uh, but it's generally, I think, just the biggest sellers. I think that's the selection. And then I help put them in an order. Are these also your favorite, uh, your personal favorites? I think so, but it's very difficult to like have personal favorites. You know, um, yes. I mean, so, somebody complained in England that uh, "Give Ireland Back to the Irish" was left off. You know, which in political terms uh, is kind of an interesting song, mm. but it, it wasn't really as popular as as something like "Jet," mm. something like that. So, so yes. that's why we've left it on. You know, it's a kind of all-round choice. But uh, many of these are my favourites. I miss London Town, one of my favourites. You miss London Town? Yes. Well, this is what I mean, see, it's very difficult, you know. I mean, I'm lucky to have this difficulty. Yes. You know? <laughs> you know? That's it.
The album reached number two in Britain's top album charts. It's number two in the charts, of course, yeah. the album charts, yeah. and platinum already. That's isn't that one double, double platinum. It's nice to know the old magic is still there, isn't it? But in the U.S., it peaked at number 62 in the U.S. Billboard Top 200. Continuing in a moment, George rides high with a new album. The records are hit. Then next minute, they're all phoning you up and knocking on the door and want you to do a gig here and do a gig there. Paul releases a new single. Why do the oldie like that? Is that uh... Uh, I've recorded some of them on my uh, twelve-inch of a new single once upon a long ago. Uh -huh. A couple of rockers on it. A couple so. of rockers on the back. And is that Fab Paul with Fab Ringo and Fab George? Well, actually, George uh, asked me the other night to be in his video. Yeah, I'd like to be in his video. I'd like to play the part of the walrus with a big mask over my head, you know, and be very um, walrusy about the whole thing. Yeah. Next on Yesterday and Today. Hi, George. How's Hi. it going? Uh, hey, Mark. Fine. It's going good. It's pretty good. First of all, congratulations on your number one single in the U.S. Got my mind set on you. Good, thank you very much. And I'd like to thank Rudy Clark, who was the guy who actually wrote it years ago. And nobody actually noticed it at that time. But it's lodged in the back of my brain. And uh, I know I did the sort of puffed version of it, Rudy, but if you're listening, I love it. <laughs> and we chopped that bit out the middle that we didn't like and got rid right. of the Screaming Girls. But it was a great song, actually. It was a great song. And Lenny, Lenny Waronker was the guy who knew it was a hit single. It really is.
information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. (laughs) You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen, or you could head to society Six dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I Family Podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. Alright. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.